0: This podcast contains explicit content. Let's begin the show by starting
1: it. Hardly focused.
0: This podcast is hardly focused.
1: Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things?
0: Dissecting the news one tangent at a time. Settle back, fire up the color teenies, watch the pictures and hear the sounds as they fly through the air.
2: word you know what i mean you know that reading shit you know what i mean it's hard, son word you know what i mean word you know what i mean especially when them books be you know what i mean you know real thick and heavy like you know what i mean word you know what i mean thanks again for that ketchup.
0: hi everyone welcome to hardly focused i just realized i printed out my prep sheet and forgot to pick it up i don't know i don't even know what the name of the show is called um, we, uh, we are available on, I'm going to try to do all this from memory. Uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, uh, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for Hardly Focused, and we're also on the YouTube, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch us talk at one another at hardlyfocused.com slash YouTube. Uh, this is an episode number... And uh, it is a the fourteenth of June. Well, at least I got that in front of me. So uh, it's
1: episode four sixty one. Yes,
0: yes, it is. Thank you,
1: Ack. You cretin.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Ak, Jack, and Nate. Uh, and I, I don't think w- the three of us have done a podcast together, just the three of us, in years.
2: No, for a while.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Awesome. Just as some uh, background context between 2006 and 2008, uh, we did a podcast called The Ack and Jack Show, uh, which was streamed on a failure of an internet radio station called Talk Radio X, uh, run by a. uh, You you mentioned the word Cretan, Ack. Well, this guy was a legitimate (laughs) Cretan. And. Uh I mean it was it was a fun it was a fun run. Um we I, I learned a lot about what not to do. Uh, but <laughs> we were so young. That was a long uh that was, that was a long time ago. That was 12 years ago. And uh wow. Yeah. But uh Nate would would join Ak and uh me uh along with Black Zach and occasionally uh, Kate was there too. And then um and then Talk Radio Meltdown was born and then uh now, here we are with Hardly Focused, and it's the three of us doing this again.
2: Mm-hmm. Yay, friendship.
0: So let's talk about that presidential election between Barack Obama and uh, John McCain.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bust okay, out my old, uh, what was it, uh, my chocolate rain parody yep. of John McCain. I actually
0: played that when John McCain passed away. <gasps>
1: i'm gonna have a lot to answer for when i'm at the pearly gates (laughs) dude it sounded great though it absolutely sounded fantastic
0: (laughs) so um well i'm glad you guys are here uh we're still doing this uh all remote um although uh now i've sort i've made it easy for everyone involved with the show to do the podcast remote now because uh almost everyone's been hooked up with uh some semblance of studio equipment Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so mike mike is especially happy about that because he never has to leave his house now for anything (laughs) i've invited them over you know to to be in the studio with me to do the show and they both said to me well why there's no point now
1: (laughs) yeah you know, I think once this pandemic's over, a whole lot of us are going to just continue never leaving the house. Now that we know <laughs> yeah. we can get away with it.
0: Yeah. Yep. I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. The stigma of being able to do everything from home has been lifted. Mm-hmm. They're they're That's really weird. Yeah. It, it was just fear. I. It was just odd, irrational fear about how productive people could be. Um, working from home, but we can all do it. And for a lot of operations, we've been able to pull it off successfully with, uh, really no interruption. I mean, I do like every once in a while, just the thought of being around my coworkers, for example, just to be able to turn around and literally poke them on the shoulder to <laughs> ask them a question yeah. rather than have to rely on an instant messenger or a zoom video, but or uh, basically living on teams
2: <laughs> teams yeah that's a good way to put it teams
0: has given us the possibility to continue to that's what i say god you know what ever since i shit all over that ad it doesn't play on tv anymore
1: yeah they got it. the message <laughs> all of the world We've lost the very, very important uh, age 30 to 35 podcaster demographic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but, uh, you know, you know what ad keeps playing, though, and I really don't want to hate it, is the ad on it plays on adults limits for the uh, Last of Us Part Two. Ah, uh, yeah. And it's it's such a great ad and it. They are playing an acoustic cover of True Faith by New Order one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite songs by them. And it's just, everything about that ad is awesome. It just plays during every commercial break. And i like, I don't,
2: <laughs> I don't want to hate it. It but... sucks. <laughs> that, that's the way it works. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It, and it's going to continue playing for the next while. Cause that game comes out technically this week and they will, they will keep harping on it, especially since, Oh, thank God the game is getting great reviews.
1: Okay. Um, so I will try to keep this as brief as possible because I do not know where spoiler territory ends and publicly knowledge uh, territory begins, but I did a few weeks ago read an entire uh, allegedly leaked script for the last of us two mm-hmm. that I know uh, was causing quite a bit of controversy uh, mostly because of the presence of uh, LGBT characters that once again, the uh, GamerGate community that is apparently still a thing was deeply furious about uh so i'm glad to hear that despite all that it is getting good reviews and i hope it is a very good game just to piss them off even more
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes
0: yeah i've seen one review that was not a perfect or near perfect score And even then it was like a three and a half out of five stars. And of course that guy, the guy that wrote that was getting eviscerated for not giving it a perfect score and throwing (laughs) off the balance. But uh, who cares? Um, And and one of the trailers for the last of us part two lauded for having what is considered to be the most realistic looking uh, digitally constructed kiss. Uh, And it's between Ellie and
1: her uh, girlfriend, Dina. okay uh, that was one of those things i was like i don't want to come out and say it because i don't know how widely known this is but apparently ellie being gay has pissed off a lot of people
2: (laughs) that that, that is fuck those people that's so bizarre though because
0: this was established in uh the dlc left behind for the first game
1: that i never even played that
0: yeah it's it's uh you should you absolutely should. It's really good. Uh but she has a she has a girlfriend in that. That's when she like, you know, comes to terms, discovers that she uh is not straight. Um and uh and it all picks up from there. So it should it should be a shock to absolutely nobody, in all honesty, <laughs> that that uh, Ellie's gay.
1: Mm-hmm. So well, I'm, nobody ever accused these people of being overly smart.
0: No, and and I, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to probably get off the internet for the next uh, week, leading up to this game's release. Uh, but I've heard that uh, y- y- despite the spoilers,
1: I guess that, you know not much was spoiled based on that leak that's good so there's yeah i was gonna say i read a full leaked script but knowing the nature of the internet it's entirely possible that immediately after i read it it was disproven as just some hoax that some rando wrote mm-hmm. i have no idea if the one i read is anywhere resembling what the game will actually be
0: yeah a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the reviews i read
2: stated this is the last of us Two. correct yeah Oh what the fuck! You guys ruined it. There's a first one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they're pulling a co-eating Cambria. They're starting with the second one, and then the first one will come out uh, a decade from now. Gotcha. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of the reviews I read said uh, th- the stuff that was in that leak happens, but then there's so much more that was not leaked. So I see. Okay. So I'm. That's you know I will try my damnedest to, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in this day and age. Uh, avoid that because what the fuck else am i living for at this point
1: yeah well then kingdom hearts three do something where the script originally leaked and everyone was pissed that it seems to just end suddenly and then they released a dlc on day one that had the actual ending and -hmm. they did that so that it could not be leaked ahead of time yep which was probably every story-based game should just do that from now on yeah (laughs)
0: that's actually a really good point yeah um boy was that game just a disappointment by the way (laughs) i never played it yeah i i i just found it boring and repetitive uh it was visually it was beautiful but it like i very early into the game realized this is going to be a grind that i just do not have the patience for Mm. so uh, i never i I think i finished uh oh what was the last world i did i think it was the toy story world which was really cool. The Toy Story world was absolutely phenomenal. But after that, I just, I'm, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I think the next level two was something, I think it was like the, the Tarzan level from the first game. And I'm like, I don't want to do this again. I, I've done this twice <laughs> now in two
1: other games, at least. Just Not- wait until you get to the Lion King for Sega Genesis level. Who boy. Oh,
2: uh, yep. I know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: um, so, in
0: this episode, I'm glad you mentioned that because in this episode, we are going to have a discussion. I would like to have a discussion just about mental health in general. Um, and uh, I, I will preface this by saying I think every issue that I have, every issue that I have with mental health, with anger, with rage, can all be traced back to that goddamn stampede level in the Lion King.
2: <laughs> yeah, because it was so fucking hard. There's no reason that anything like that should be so difficult.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no reason okay. at all. So. God. Um, I do want to talk about uh, what's happening in New England right now with the coronavirus and uh, the uh, the states starting to lift restrictions on things. So Massachusetts lifted uh, most of... Not well. Not most. A good, a good portion of their restrictions earlier last week. I keep forgetting it's Sunday. It's a new week. <laughs> so at the beginning of the last week, uh, phase two, as they're calling it, started, and in uh, phase two, uh, non-essential businesses can start to open. Most notably around Massachusetts, shopping malls are. Open once again, although it's up to the businesses to decide. In the individual businesses, to decide whether or not they actually want to open. I'm looking at directories for the malls near me, and half the stores are open. the The, the food courts aren't open. It's it's uh, not. Uh, I don't think it's worth going just yet. But local businesses around here, though, otherwise the the bars, restaurants, they're doing the outdoor seating, the outdoor dining. Uh, that's entertainment in Worcester. Oh man, I've been talking about this for months, hoping that they would survive. And they did. Cause I went and it shopped inside the other day, which was fantastic. (laughs) That was a nice pick me up. So, uh, but uh, what's now I know it's New Hampshire and I know that they, they are largely uninhabited. Once you get to a certain point in the state, in the state's geography, but the state of New Hampshire is for all intents and purposes, like completely reopened or they will be on Monday. And then by the end of the month, uh, the things that will not open this, this coming Monday will, will be open. that includes the amusement parks and theaters and things like that. Uh, they have just lifted the executive order to stay at home. They have lifted the, uh, the mass gathering restrictions. They're, sort of almost abruptly sort of reversing everything and saying, Hey, we're just going to go back to the way things were. Uh, And in Massachusetts, obviously because we, I think at this point are fifth in fifth place for highest number of cases and highest number of deaths in the union uh, is, is, you know, still taking a very slow phased approach. So um, just with your guys's understanding of what's going on, do you think that uh, Massachusetts has reopened too early?
1: i'm inclined to say yes um and i get it that it's a tough balancing act between people's health and the economy and the survival of some of these businesses that might not survive if they have to stay closed much longer and it's easy for me someone who is not a business owner to say well fuck them we need people's lives are more important but that's where i'm at I, i just think yeah. All we're liable to start seeing is, uh, it's it's just going to start again. We're just going to be in, ex- in the exact same position months from now of, oops, <laughs> we've got a ton of cases again. Everyone go home again. You know, like, I, I just don't see it uh, improving if we open everything up now.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to second that. And also, I will add that it's never gone down we've never we've never gone down we've kind of plateaued so this whole idea of like a second wave happening is not a real thing because we haven't gotten over the first wave yeah and i too agree that it's probably the most difficult decision to make because the economy is super important and how do you like even even businesses that are open at certain percent capacity are struggling because Mm -hmm. they're like that's not enough but like at the same time if people are dying it's very i've read this i could be wrong but it's very hard to spend money when you're dead
1: yeah i mean (laughs) i think that's largely there may be some exceptions to that rule but i think largely it's the case
2: yeah uh so it's it's tough to say because like it's it's a weird situation because I think scientists are still trying to figure out what is causing it to plateau. Was it the fact that we were inside? Was it the fact that we were wearing masks? They're not really sure exactly why the numbers are doing what they're doing. And I think that's the most terrifying thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, everything I've seen has said that uh, even if you start going outside again, even if you start congregating in groups, still wear your goddamn masks. And there's video footage of like popular streets in these big cities of people, hundreds of people crowded around, no masks. I saw a clip of uh, probably yesterday or the day before, Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, where Jack and I spent many a wayward day of our youth. Um, just hundreds of people on the beach, not a mask in sight. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you know, I, it kind of feels like we just gave up. We were just like, well, this is too hard. Fuck it. You know, I give up.
2: It does feel like that to me. And I, I have a hard time when I'm in public seeing somebody without a mask, without just feeling this like rage in me to be like, I want to be super confrontational, but like, you know, these are stressful times. Who knows what that confrontation is going to do to somebody? Yeah, there's
0: no point. Yeah, there's no, there's no yeah. point. in... in... It's not,
2: you're not going to change yeah. anybody's mind.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only people I've seen not wearing masks are the elderly, which is sort of ironic. But. Uh... <laughs> and i'm not going to i'm not going to fight with them too i mean like more power yeah, to you yeah right? the, the ones that irritate me are the ones who are wearing the masks but they're not wearing them correctly like their noses are still like they, their noses yeah. are hanging out it's not like they just like put the mask down to breathe it's they they put it down ever so slightly so they're only covering their mouth it's like dude you're missing the point i mean not not to mention yeah. the fact that masks aren't going to prevent the spread at all like e- even like the medical grade ones the surgical masks that everyone is wearing straight up say not to be used to prevent transmission of diseases Mm -hmm. so um yeah
2: it's just it's helpful do do you guys believe in herd immunity that's
0: a
1: tough one From, from i mean i would say i'm an expert but from what i've heard it i mean that's basically just where uh you keep everyone enough people vaccinated that the disease can't really get a foothold in the in the community is that what you're referring to?
0: Well, I, I my understanding of herd immunity, and I could be completely wrong because I never finished my PhD. Is uh, it, you have everybody, everyone just sort of develops like a natural immunity to it, just sort of like the common cold, right? Like we can catch the common cold, but unless we already have pre-existing conditions that that could exacerbate everything, like we'll get over it, right? So that's yeah. how I understand it with this. Again, it could be wrong.
1: And and I've heard that argument that that, you know, it seems like people who got it once and survived are unlikely to get it again. But it's one of those things. It's like, are we okay with just letting like 10% of the population die horribly so the rest of us can make sure we're okay going forward? Or is that not a risk we're willing to take?
2: (laughs) Yeah. It it seems like they're going to go the route of money, like mm-hmm. you know, hey, money is important. Cash, uh, I saw someone money. say
1: we really need to rethink the phrase "avoid it like the plague" because apparently we God. don't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, New Zealand, a very interesting case in New Zealand. they have pretty much eradicated the disease. Now, if I if I remember correctly, New Zealand is like an island, right? Like they're they're sort of cut off from. Uh, The mainland but they have effectively er eradicated the virus to the point where uh soccer stadium sporting events are happening again they have the big crowds these are the things that in the u.s for example they are petrified to do and we it'll be a long time i think before we'll be able to enjoy concerts and sporting events with crowds but in New Zealand they're already doing it because they are confident at this point that uh, they they have everything under control
1: yeah and I mean there are definitely places that have gotten it under control Um, it just comes down to testing and tracking you know you got to have enough tests to find out who has it and then keep tabs on them to make sure they don't spread it and then you know any country that did that early enough is going to be in a good position by now uh, we just absolutely fucking didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Social distancing,
0: I think, has helped. Um, the the lockdown, the quarantine. I look at the numbers every day. I go on, you know, I get everything from Reddit. I get things from Boston.com. And they're always reporting mm-hmm. everything, and they put it in in visual format. They do charts and and other things for simpletons like myself to easily understand and everything is trending downwards i mean we're still in the you know the quadruple digits in terms of uh you know reported cases versus deaths but it's going down especially if you look at march and in april and then it it just starts going down and it's not it's not going back up i mean knock on wood it's not going back yeah. up but i agree in that we are really highly at risk if we do not if we do not uh uh, take caution with reopening everything and especially with the unrest happening too i mean that's just gonna exacerbate things even more
1: i know it's it's one of those things where under normal circumstances i would be very supportive of the protests and riots going on but the exact moment in history that they happen to be unfolding in. I'm kind of like, guys, COVID doesn't care if you have a good reason for gathering together in public. It's still (laughs) going to infect you. And
2: the unfortunate part about that is that I've heard numerous reports about how it affects the black community greater than the white community
1: right yeah and i mean i don't think that's like biological so much as just they tend not to have as much access to testing or preventative measures yeah 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 well
0: the unrest would have happened either way it's just because everyone has been stuck inside and not They haven't been able to do
1: anything that just made it 10 times I mean, I do wonder, you know, it sounds cynical to say, but if the protests have been gaining so much steam because 40 million people are unemployed that were employed this time last year, you know, so they're like, normally I'd love to protest, but I have work to go to. Now they're like, all right, fuck it, let's go.
0: (laughs) Got got plenty of time to kill. Not like I'm doing anything else. Might as go well, Rob the Neiman Marcus. (laughs) <laughs> I would love to protest.
2: I'm just, I am
1: higher. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. I uh,
1: no, I normally work right near uh Boston. You know, center center of the city. Um, I actually the the area right around where I work was the one that one night where looting did break out. Um, like everywhere right around the building where I work got hit. Um, and I mean, I know other than that one night here in Boston, things have been very peaceful and calm. Uh, but like normally working there, it's great because like during my lunch break, if there's a huge protest going on, I can literally just take half an hour swing down by city hall you know, chant a few times and then (laughs) grab a hamburger and head back to the office. You know, it's just a good location to be if you want to join in in the middle of a day and there happens to be some big climate change or gun violence safety, you know, any kind of rally going on there. But now with, you know, working from home, staying out, I'm not fucking going out over there to stand shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of people. I support them. I believe in their cause, but you know, I just I lack the conviction, I guess, to want to put myself and them at risk yeah. of the virus to, to join in.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I just fear for my own personal safety. It's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, if I if I'm going to protest, it's going to be I'm, I'm going to be the pussy that I am. And I'm going to sit uh, I'm going to sit behind my mic and go off about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I also can mean look. I'm a white male, so I've got it harder than anyone. But at least I can put up the courage to like make my profile picture a black square or something, and I think we can safely say I've solved racism. So <laughs>
2: welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, last question: New Hampshire with them, just you know, taking off the blanket, taking off the uh, protective bubble. Uh, do you think the risk is just going up because they're just saying fuck it? I would guess.
2: It's it's a really weird situation. It's like I I read about it and I think right now it has to do with um the how contagious it is. Like it says we're at a a one, but if we're above a one, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like so, I guess it's I'm not a science guy at all, but it was basically like if you have it, how likely you are to spread it to one person versus two people. And then those two people become four people. And then those four people, you know, it's, it's yeah. math.
0: It's like, a, it's but, like a game of telephone
2: almost. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a weird because they're, they're thinking, Oh, okay. Maybe because of the warmer weather, like people are getting out more and studies have shown that the virus has a hard time getting around in warmer weather. And they're not sure if it's because it's warm and the air, the particles are traveling or what. So they're really scared that come when it gets cold, that it's going to get a lot worse.
0: Yeah. The second wave as they've been fearing. Uh, I mean, it was now granted everyone was doing testing in, in March when it was still winter, when the outbreak happened, but I mean, it was also winter, it was cold, it was flu season, and people were already at risk of getting sick with something to begin with. Yeah. So we will see. Uh, we'll see what happens in, oh, God, like October, you know, when it really starts to cool down. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm assuming oh, yeah. there's not going to be a, a vaccine available by then. No, vaccine's probably not going to be till 2021. Yeah. The last I read, a vaccine might might be available by Christmas. That and that's a hard might, so we'll
1: see. What's, what's funny is uh, so so I work uh, for intellectual property uh, firm, and uh, our team specializes in biotech. So we get a lot of like medicines and vaccines coming through. It takes such a long time for this stuff to go through. We're just now starting to see progress on cases for Zika virus, which nobody gives a shit about anymore. That was was a hot, hot button item like two and a half years ago. (laughs) So a bunch of people rushed to start working on it. And now that like the government's finally getting around to reviewing those patents, it's like, yeah, no one needs this anymore. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, they don't they don't care about spraying. You know the helicopters going around towns, just spraying. I think I heard one thing about that this year, and it was specifically going to happen over a lake, like a swamp area. They mm-hmm. don't, they don't care about Zika anymore. They've got bigger yep. problems to worry about. So,
1: yeah,
0: um, I've got my own quandaries and curiosities to worry about from a uh, you know a mental health standpoint. So, uh, coming up, we will talk about that and will because we're all uh you know unique and interesting individuals how we are individually dealing with uh those we will return this podcast contains explicit content this is hardly focused we have a whole segment dedicated to that don't you worry Hardly Focused. You can get us at HardlyFocused.com. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hardly Focused Podcast. We're also on the cesspool known as Twitter. You can find us at Focused Hardly. It's Jack. It's Act. It's Nate. It's uh, some form of the Act and Jack show. As I mentioned in the previous segment, that was the Show that we did uh, together in some form, uh, twelve years ago, 12-13 years ago. Before talk radio meltdown, before Harley focused there was the Ack and Jack Show, and uh, here we are. Remind me in the next break, I will throw in a Ack uh, and Jack bumper, just for <laughs> just just for good measure, just for old times. I think I only have one balance beam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can hear my dog barking about something. Um, I, uh, want to talk about mental health. That's what I want to do in this segment. Um, because it's something that I am coming to, uh, coming to grips with and coming to terms with. Uh, it was only three years ago that I finally buckled down and told my doctor I needed help. And, um, it came around the time that in the, in the the talk radio meltdown era where I actually put the show on uh, a, a hiatus for um, like an entire summer. And during that time, I, I came to grips with things and, and got the help that I uh, started the process towards getting the help that I needed. Uh, the thing that exacerbated it too, that's my word of the day, exacerbate.
1: Um yeah. sounds like hey, mate, Jack exacerbates.
2: <laughs> what a cool guy. <laughs> uh,
1: I
0: learned from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas that there was a word masticate. Or yeah. there was one of the Grand Theft Auto games, but the word masticate and I didn't realize that was uh you know, eating.
1: I'm a masticator. Can I just derail you for a second? Because you mentioned San Andreas. Yeah, yeah. I recently quoted uh, the entirety of Big Smoke's order to Stephanie. Oh, Jesus. And she just sort of looked at me and said, what is that from? And I said, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And she's like, why do you remember that? (laughs) Because of me?
0: (laughs) It was because of me, though, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't have the drop. Oh, I had it. I had it saved for a while. And I don't have it in here anymore. I'm, I'm a failure as a father and an inventor the thing that uh kind of made me snap was it was may uh i remember the exact date it was may 18th 2017 the day chris cornell died uh and that was that, that just i mean i love soundgarden i love audio slave i love everything that chris cornell does but that just like it hit me more than anything else ever had and it was almost inexplicable why that affected me so much, but that was around the time that I said, all right, I need to do something about this. I, I need, I need to get some help. Uh, a, a few too many panic attacks too also uh, contributed to that. So um, I started taking this, this drug whose name I can barely pronounce, but the way, the, the way I described to people is since I started taking it, I realized I was in a pretty much spent my entire life in a fog with a black cloud surrounding me and ever since i started taking this stuff it it was like the clouds broke and i was seeing sun for the first time like i basically felt like someone who lives in scotland um uh everything I, i everything was just clear i just i didn't know what it was like to live with such a clear and and ironically focused state of mind. Like I can actually pay attention to things. Now I feel like I'm better at retaining information because I'm not just constantly distracted and constantly worrying about things. But at the same time, uh, the, the drugs
2: just aren't enough. So, um, can you send that drug to me by the way, after the show, (laughs) I think I need a couple of those called crack
0: cocaine. that, That good old white powder. Um, cocaine's one hell of a drug. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: I, uh, I realized, you know, the, the drugs simply aren't enough. And I mm-hmm. just a couple of weeks ago started, uh, going to therapy. Um, not, uh, traditional therapy. It's, it's obviously going to be tough right now with the way things are to oh, actually yeah. see a therapist in person. But I actually heard through a, uh, a podcast I, I listened to Keith and the girl, and one of their sponsors was a service called Talkspace. So I'm trying that out. It's, it's, uh, it's obviously, it's like telehealth. Uh, you can do sessions over uh, video chat, um, but it's otherwise set up like Facebook Messenger, and it's very convenient. You just message your, you can match up with a therapist who's local to you, and then you can message them. You can send them a barrage of messages and then specify, you click a button to specify when you are ready for them to respond to you and follow up and uh it's it's early i'm only a couple of weeks into it but uh mm. you know we're we're hitting the stride now where you know i'm opening up about things and what's bothering me and then when i'm especially not in a good frame of mind i can reach out to her and and tell her things aren't going well um case in point w- what triggered me to decide that hey i want i want to talk about this during the next podcast especially with you guys cuz i'm pretty sure the three of us specifically are all fucked up
2: to some degree. Oh God. I could, we could have a whole episode about how fucked up I am, but I think it's best not to. I
0: I specifically remember in, in, uh, I think it was like 2007 act. It was, it was when things were bad, but I was like, I didn't realize a, it was okay to ask for help and B, thought I was above needing help. I remember asking you about like, Hey, who do you, who do you talk to about these things? And you even said like, Hey, I, you know, it's good that you're doing this i think it'll help like i think you are telling me hey you you have needed this the whole time um mm-hmm. now granted that was 2007 it literally took me about 10 years and some change to finally act on it but um you know i'm glad you said that and mm-hmm. um so this past uh oh god what day was it? it was thursday oh man it just like everything i'm sitting here in, this, in the studio because this is where i work too uh as of late and during a conference call everything that could have gone wrong went wrong and it was sort of like a comedy of errors that just drove me over the edge fueled by some other personal issues that i have going on right now that i'm not going to go into detail over but i just had a fucking full-blown panic attack like i i at one point when these happen i black out um i don't remember like I can remember the things that lead up to it. And then there's always a, a small period of time that I just do not remember. Cause next thing I know right behind me in front of that couch behind me, I was on the ground pretty much in the fetal position. Uh, and then realizing like, Holy shit. That's a lot. Yeah. Like, All right. I got to sign off work for the day. I'll see you guys, uh, I guess Monday. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, thankfully I got, you know, good support system and my boss who told me, Hey, you know, take the time you need. Um, but you know, also get, get some help. Why don't you, uh, which I'm doing. And, you know, thankfully thanks to Talkspace, I was able to just send my therapist, a wall of texts explaining what happened and you know, (laughs) what was going on. So that's where I am right now because yeah, now I'm finally getting help. Now I'm finally talking to someone about it. But, um, you know, especially with everything, like I said, there's personal issues I got going on right now. I won't go into detail over, but with the way the world is right now, that just is not helping things. Um, so I, this is one of those topics I just want to be candid and open about because, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been a problem for a long time and I'm finally trying to do something about it and really get some help on it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's always going to be there. So, um, so I, you know, I want to ask you guys some stuff and feel free to just open up about these things too. Um, if you want, you know, obviously if you don't, that's fine too. Um, so assuming you guys actually do get help to some degree. When did you guys first start seeking help?
1: One second. I just got to take my pills and then back up. Fuck you for assuming I need help.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're perfect. We're beautiful. We have no problems at all. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Act probably just derailed his entire like schedule just to <laughs> wait until we were doing the show to do that.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> um, do you want to take it first and Sure, um yeah, I mean I've been
1: to me the the parts that I always was more okay with was the talking to therapists i i I'd been I've seen I think four therapists throughout my life um I've been seeing them since probably middle school or high school when I first started having uh unhealthy anger issues um and I've had uh mixed luck with them. I remember my first was a very stern Russian man. I didn't really click with him. He was just sort of very quiet. We would have whole appointments where we would just sort of sit there awkwardly staring at each other. Because I wasn't someone who would like open up. I kind of needed to be pushed a bit more. Um, My second therapist was much like I went immediately from the first to the second because the first was not a good fit. Uh, Second one was much better uh, for me personally, Um, you know, much more uh, warm and talkative and receptive, which, you know, I'm sure different things work for different people, but that tends to help me more. Uh, My third was when I was in college. Uh, It was one of the ones provided by my Catholic college. And he was pretty good, too. He asked me like the first session. He said, now, obviously, this is a Catholic university. I'm a Catholic myself. Do you want me to mention God at all in these therapy sessions? Or would you rather like 0%
2: that sounds like any a reference of God?
1: <laughs> and, and, and I said, I'm not religious. If we can leave God out of it, that'd be great. And yeah, I met him like four or five times. and We never talked about religion once. He was very professional. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, and then my most recent therapist, about six-ish years ago, back when I was still living in uh, out near Worcester, before I moved closer to Boston, um, was very into new age, kind of like Eastern medicine. Oh, boy. Like lots of like pressure points, acupuncture, um and that didn't do anything for me at all. I mean, I don't want I don't want to say it's garbage or like every it's entirely yeah. like fake. Maybe it works for some people. Like if it works for anyone listening to this, good for you. I am sincerely glad to hear that. It didn't work for me at all. Were
0: you actually uh, doing the acu- acupuncture? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Um yeah, and I mean, she made it sound like I mean, there's a long history of, you know, and, and, you know, it's not mumbo jumbo, it's not voodoo. There are actually pressure points that are connected to the wavelengths of your brain. And by activating, you know, certain places you can relieve stress and, but it, it didn't do enough for me. Um, and that was around the time where I finally was talked into actually trying medication. So I had been on been going to therapy for many years on and off, but I'd always been like you were saying like that, like that sort of feeling like you were above it. I had I, kind of been telling myself, my problems are at the end of the day, I'm a whiny little bitch and I need to grow up. And, and it kind of, it took a lot of convincing before I was finally willing to consider the possibility that I was actually genuinely sick. Like one gets a cold or one has the flu. And if you're if you have a headache and you take aspirin, that's not weakness. That's just common sense.
2: Yeah, that's a good analogy.
1: And it finally was, you know, I had a doctor who was able to tell me, like, you're not weak. You're not giving up. This is a real scientific cure for a real scientific illness you have. Um, so he uh, prescribed me. Um, at first, 50 milligrams of sertraline. I don't know what it is you're, you've been taking, Jack. Uh, mine is sertraline. Yeah, it's not that. Um, yeah. yeah, 50 milligrams wasn't quite enough. I didn't feel much of a difference. I tried it for a couple of weeks. He bumped me up to 100 milligrams, and I started sincerely feeling like a noticeable difference. And it's like you said about like the clouds starting to part is, for me— What started happening is I still have those spikes in anxiety, but they started to come less often. They started to be more manageable when they did come. So what was happening was I would have these anxiety-filled moments of, oh, God, I'm a failure. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm a burden on everyone. My life is meaningless. And it would be impossible for me to shake off these feelings myself, and they were just so constant and like several times a week, I would just be incapacitated with these feelings. And once the medicine started working, I started to notice like, wow, it's been like two or three weeks since the last time I had a thought like that. And then when the thought did come up, instead of crippling me for an entire day, I'd feel that way for 10 or 20 minutes and then start to go, This is fucking stupid. What the hell am I thinking right now? It just started to become easier to move past these things. And I think the medicine, the medication really did help me uh, sort of get my brain into the place it needed to be to fend off these negative thoughts.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, Especially from the anxiety viewpoint. There were a lot of times where I would get worked up and, anxious about just the what would it be like the most trivial thing and (laughs) finally getting that under control I'm not worried about that stuff anymore the thing that got it for me was just going into a new position at work that entailed a lot of responsibility and doing a lot of things I'd never done before that were out of my comfort zone but at the same time it was one of those things where like hey I need to now be comfortable doing this and I need to get over it so uh you know actually you know taking something that quells anxiety uh was a godsend so mm-hmm. uh, so i can relate to to all that there um i wish it was just as easy for me as it is for you to say like hey after 20 minutes brushing off that those thoughts and mm-hmm. moving on it's that 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 part is not as uh, easy for me and that's actually something that right. me and my uh therapists are working on right now
1: I mean, that's come with years of meeting with people and, and, you know, I've been on this medication for like six years now. So, I mean, it's something that it is going to take time, you know, and you gotta, the the important thing, I think the real distinction is some people don't ever want to take those steps because it involves admitting, you know, I have a problem Mm -hmm. and I need help. And that's something a lot of people can't do. So once you've reached the point where you're able to say, I'll try anything. I hate the way I am right now. I want to be better. And you start thinking like, yeah, you got ideas, throw them at me. I will try them. I think that's once you're in that mindset, it's going to be, it's going to get easier from there.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's the weird part about what you just said is a lot of people have that feeling of like, Oh, they're, i don't want to be blah 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 but the point is is most people have some sort of anxiety Mm -hmm. every like it's just it's part of life yeah yeah Um, an anxious world out there (laughs) yeah
0: yeah things you know said it before i say it again i'll keep saying it, things out there are just not helping in the least um and that's no, that's part of the reason not. why i finally reached out to someone is it wasn't even just that it was you know what it honestly was it was me playing a game playing an xbox game and uh thrown my uh controller down in anger and then realizing all right this is not the uh this is not Mm -hmm. the way to do things this is not the way to react also my just broke my controller so now i need to now i need (laughs) to spend 70 80 dollars on the cyberpunk 2077 limited edition xbox one controller oh no so yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: this mental health problem brought to you by project cd
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh nate how about you and did you uh finally realize that
2: you needed help So, okay, I have a little bit of a long story, but I'll try to make it as short as possible. I've always had anxiety. Like, I was in elementary school, and I remember seeing an ambulance drive by, and I would have a panic attack that my parents were in it. So I've always had anxiety. I think it's always changed, though. So I used to live in New Jersey, and then I live. I moved up to Massachusetts right around the end of fifth grade. Um, and right around then, it was like in the intermediate school area. So before the middle school. Right. So I had a teacher that wouldn't let me go out and uh, make friends because he kept me in supervisory because of made up reasons. Was it Josti? It was Jonas.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, I have no problem saying his name cause fuck that guy. He <laughs> fucking ruined my life. So long story short, I go to middle school and everybody thinks everybody has their little clicks. Like, Oh, you're from the North Grafton. Oh, you're from the South Grafton. Who's this guy? Uh, he must be yours. No, he must be yours. So I had a really tough time making friends. And I got like into the habit of being anxious about friendship, which is explains why I'm so fucking weird all the time to people. Because like, I, I try to be like, oh, I need to give you guys a gift to have your friendship or, you know, I have to do something to prove that I'm worth it to you. Um, So that was early um, 2000s. My mom was like, you fucking need help. (laughs) My mom was the one that was like you're going to go see a therapist cuz <laughs> I thought your mom's like, was
0: fuck you you yeah, fucking
2: fuck <laughs> No, nah, she was it was it wasn't like that. She she's basically like let's try she's super supportive she's not she's great Yeah yeah I just put oh, your the mom's awesome. comedies yeah. and in the lols Hey mom like,
1: this uh this cat therapy session you took me to doesn't have any cats in it Wait a minute
2: <laughs> <laughs> This is a trick So they put me uh into therapy and it was really great i found that i really like talking about my problems Mm -hmm. (laughs) which then became a character trait (laughs) um they put me on paxil um which was really great really helpful i gained a little bit of weight but whatever um i go up into high school where i'm like you know what I've been developing these skills. Maybe it's time to step off. Also, worth noting that um, at the end of high school, Paxil changed. It went from being like whatever it was to generic version. And my mind again, I'm not. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional. So don't take my words. But to me, I was like, well, it's different. I'm not going to respond directly to that. Well, because I've already decided that it's not going to work and medication is great, but medication is only half of the battle. Mm-hmm. You got to do like the legwork yeah. mentally. So I said, you know what? I, I guess I'm going to have to come off of this because it's not working for me anymore. And I'm just going to have to see how it goes. I was, I was uh practicing cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. which is awesome.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm doing for right those, now.
2: For those of you who don't know, it's basically training your brain to ask yourself questions about the way you're thinking as a means to like reverse your thinking habits like if you're like, "Man, like my life is terrible and um, it's never going to get better. You're like, wait a minute. Am I using my feelings as facts? Like you can ask yourself so many questions. So like train yourself to get into the, the habit of it. Um, so that helped. Then fast forward to semi recently, I decided to quit my job of retail and do youtube because i was i was making enough money on youtube to support myself that i was like you know what i'm gonna be able to take that jump and it was like i got to stay home i got to goof around all the time play video games whenever i want i was my own boss it was my dream job and i was still not happy and i was still anxious and like it bothered me. So I actually called up my therapist from when I was a kid and she was like, you know what? We just changed the rule. We are allowed to accept patients your age. Do you want to come in and talk? And I was like, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. So I went in and have been talking ever. I'm still talking with her. So I've had the same therapist since I was like 10. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. Nice. Nice. And um, it's been great. Um, however, I will say recently, YouTube just decided to say, "Boop," and that's the, it. It decided you're not making money anymore. Like it just turned my monetization to off. Hmm. In the worst time it could possibly ever do that. So as of recently, I haven't been able to talk about it because I don't know what to say about it. Yeah.
0: Do you know why? It, do you know why that happened?
2: It happened because they weren't happy with the videos that we were making. Um, I don't need to really get into it, but it's just, it is changed its policy a few times. And yeah. um, basically they just sent us a notice that said, Hey, you're not able to monetize anymore. Um, we've, we've been worried about YouTube for a while. So we started a new channel called space bear comedy. Please subscribe because I might die. (laughs) Um, no, we started that to kind of put things all on that channel. And Mm -hmm. so basically I have a year to find out if this is going to work. So there's a lot of anxiety with that. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: especially when your livelihood is literally on the line because of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's been a little bit tough. I've, I've been a little bit quiet with friends lately. Yeah. I've been asked to do some shows with you and I said, Hey, I don't think I'm in a spot to really talk about because on top of that, I have the anxiety of saying things and people reacting poorly to them because, It seems these days that if you have any sort of opinion, people jump on top of it and you're like, no, I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Or so I've been scared to talk. So on top of losing everything that I've ever wanted, possibly that's it's not, you know, I could be jumping to conclusions I've been dealing with that cognitive behavioral therapy has definitely been helping, but I want to jump on board because you guys have kind of uh, inspired me to maybe try medication because as a comedian, you're scared to try to medicate because you're afraid you're going to lose your art. Like you're the thing that makes you funny because the way that I've been working lately is what's what what if blank like that's anxiety right? But I started to be like, what if I turned into a pizza? And I use it as like comedy, like you know, like a yeah. Okay. I use my what ifs as comedies, and I've been afraid to try medication because, um, when uh, a couple of years ago, I was put on two different medications. It was like Effexor and Adivan. And I turned into a fucking robot. Like, oh, yeah. Ativan will fuck you up. Well, it completely delete all of my emotions, which some might say, that sounds great. I would love to get rid of my emotions. It was horrible because you you need some level of emotion to go anywhere in life, mm-hmm. like to feel it's necessary to get out of bed, to dress appropriately for a job interview to, you know, open up certain relationships with people, you need to have these these emotions. I had none of it. Yeah. And Ativan was also really awesome, and it scared me how awesome it was, because it was, like, basically, like, being drunk without any of, like, the dangers of it. I was, mm-hmm. like, just super cozy, super warm, fuzzy, and I was scared I was going to get addicted to it. Because with a lot of medications, there is a lot of dependency on it for some people. And I was scared that was going to be me. I was going to become dependent. So there's been a lot of anxieties with taking medications. But having you guys talk, having you guys talk about the benefits that you guys have had, the way you describe it as the fog lifting and the black clouds, like... Kind of makes it seem really fucking cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I mean, I want to be clear. I think based on what I've read, I'm pretty lucky that the second dosage I got prescribed has worked so well for me. I've read horror stories, like what you've described of people getting ones that make them feel like they're not themselves anymore. They feel like they're a zombie or it's a process. What works for one person isn't going to work for someone else. Yeah. And sometimes it's going to take some trial and error before you find something that really you feel, okay, I feel better. And whatever side effects they, there might be are worth it.
2: Right. Yeah. And that's, you know? that's the hard part too, is because these drugs take a little bit of time to work. Mm-hmm. Like to fully set in. I think it was said like possibly a month. Maybe, yeah. A month, I was told for
1: mine, it's about two weeks.
0: Yeah. It's weeks? not, it's definitely not immediately. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, y- but, y- like, yeah.
0: I think you should do it. I mean, I know, like, and don't do Advan. I know, I know someone else who was on Advan who who said the exact same thing. They turned into an emotionless robot and they were when they stopped taking it, yeah, things kinda went things kind of went south for them again because now they weren't medicating, but at the same time, they felt a lot better because now they actually could express emotion and they weren't they weren't just uh you know they weren't under that haze, that Ada Van Halen haze. Uh, also, um, Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live. You know, don't be uh, worried that you know you won't be able to perform without or, or while on medication. Pete Davidson actually needs to be high to be able to function. Like he needs oh, yeah. he needs to smoke before he can do anything, especially stand up, especially anything related to his career, because he otherwise just can't function and he won't be able to do you won't be able to reform he won't be able to do anything that that brings in the money so
2: I, i'm glad you brought that up because i also read an article that bill Hader had a horrible experience with saturday night live in his earlier years with anxiety until the point where he was like i gotta get help because he was saying like he was t- petrified like so but so he, he's a funny fucking guy so
0: oh yeah yeah
2: and just but you're right you're right what you said it's different every medication is different for everyone so you gotta try to see what works for you mm-hmm.
0: yeah. just make sure you have somebody you can talk to as well even if you're yeah. not actually going to any therapist or anything like like that just make sure you have someone you can reach out to who who actually mm-hmm. uh you know will listen because mm-hmm. that is what you know makes it tough for me is not having n- not typically having a good, um, I guess, support system in that regard. Um, it, it's just on on Thursday when I I had my snafu, I had a you know I, I bailed out of work early because of it, but I still had a scheduled uh, meeting with my boss that I had later in the afternoon. So I I talked to her and I just like laid it out on the table, and I'm glad I did because that really helped with clearing my mind and also I, I needed you know words of encouragement that i could only get from a you know a, a supervisor that i actually am happy to be under and work with so um you know make sure you have that good support system and also uh someone make sure whoever it is you're talking to doesn't tell you to just kill yourself Right. Because like,
2: yeah, that's a good point.
0: When I was, you know, when I was younger, you know, you mentioned intermediate school, right? So that's like the fourth and and fifth grade. And I think that was around the time that things really started to hit the fan for me in that like issues that I have with my parents, my mother, especially those really started to take form. And then you talked about that, you know, I name dropped that one teacher thinking it was that one guy. Cause he was like, you remember him shell-shocked Vietnam war veteran. I mean, God rest his soul now, but like the guy had some issues of his own and, uh, you know, going to school, dealing with that, being under, you know, constant anxiety of the guy blowing up on me or anyone else. And then going home to basically the same thing, but you know, in the form of my mother, right? Like that's, that's not going to help. Right. And that, those aren't good support systems to have. So,
2: yeah, it's it sucks too because what a lot of people don't have that like, um, like certain people in the South think that anxiety is the devil. Yeah. So it's just yeah. So I've been I've been very fortunate to have parents that have supported me and and I, I've it, but the friends part has always been difficult for me because because i have i'm always anxious i have i have social anxiety oh me too like yeah severe like you can remember so many of your shows where i'm like i'm nervous like i was nervous doing your show all the time and yeah i'm nervous talking to people about things cuz i'm afraid that like they're going to hate me i'm scared of silence cuz like in a conversation because I'm afraid that, like, that silence means you're bored or you're judging me, or so. It's been difficult to find the right people to talk to about it. Because you're right, a lot of people don't know what to say, and honestly, don't you don't have to say anything. The people with our situations aren't looking, aren't obviously going to you to fix them, because mm-hmm. you got to go to a professional for that. They're yep. not looking for you to, they're just, some people are, and that's tough because you're like, I, I'm not a professional. So yeah. I don't know what to say to you saying.
1: Like, hey, I feel for I've, you, Pally, but this is AA, you want AAA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Nice. So definitely having people that will listen and and yep. hear you out. Is super helpful.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, let's take a breather because uh, I, I do have more I want to say about this. Um, so Correct. let's let's take a breather. We'll come back and we will talk more about mental health. Uh, this podcast contains explicit content.
2: You are listening to the AC and Jack Show.
0: And we sing this morning
1: that wonderful and grand old message.
0: You are listening to Hardly Focused. hardly focused you can get us at hardly we're on apple Podcasts. we're on spotify we're on your favorite podcast app you just search for hardly focused there you can find us and watch us on youtube at youtube.hardlyfocused.gov slash net i fucked up the url i'll try that again <laughs> Hardlyfocused.com slash youtube subscribe please Uh, this song from tony hawk's pro skater 2 something i've been playing a lot of lately i even uh for some reason was given a uh tony hawk funko pop so i got that on my desk with me because i've been playing uh on the on the playstation classic a lot of tony hawk's pro skater ever since the remakes were announced so good song and i think this one will be on the soundtrack the the uh one of the, I think there's only like a few songs actually that won't be on the soundtrack but this one most definitely will be. And I still can't pronounce this band's name. Uh Millen Collin? Oh, yeah, it's like Millen Collin. I think I, they're they're like Swedish. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I remember that. And they're still around too. I've listened to some of their newer stuff and it's uh, it's just as good. So, uh we're talking about mental health. Uh we're talking a lot about when we realized we needed to reach out and touch faith, uh, reach out and get help. Um, we realized that it, it was okay to finally buckle down and say that we need help. And also having that good support system too. Uh, my mother w- would tell me growing up uh, things along the lines of "No son of mine is going to talk to a therapist." Well, thanks, mom. That's really supportive. That's,
2: yeah, that's really tough, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also, no son of mine is ever wearing braces. Okay, cool. Well, I'm getting braces in a couple of weeks, so there's that. Not, not like the metal ones. I'm doing that Smile Direct yeah. Club. Um, I
2: listened. I heard that you were doing the the thing.
0: Yeah, there. I had to redo. So they they send you like silly putty, and you need to make like a mold of your of your teeth. Like you have to like. Oh, bite I remember down on that.
2: It. Yeah, yeah, I had
1: to do that too.
0: Yep. Uh, I apparently didn't do it right the first time, uh, and it took a month for them to come back to me to say, "Hey, you didn't do it right. You need to do it again." So I guess second time was a charm. In a few you
1: weeks, he says it's a perfect mold of Ben Stiller's mouth, but we needed <laughs> yours. He
2: <laughs> you just you just reminded me of when I got fitted for um, Invisalign. They made the mold of my teeth, but they like used the like the tray, and they like put the stuff in it. Yeah, and they when they when they put my teeth in it, it like the stuff shot back to my throat I started choking and like everybody so here I am like choking and like the doctors are like no you're not supposed to be choking what are you doing (laughs) they were like mad at me they're like have you considered
1: not choking
2: (laughs) breathe through your nose why are you breathing through your mouth I'm like because my I was my sinuses have never been good so I, like, couldn't breathe, and then, like, they're, like, unacceptable. <laughs> well, and I was just, like... Wow. <laughs> I was, like, are you kidding me? Here I am, like, like panicking. I, I figured it out, finally. I had to, like, relax my gag reflex. I had to figure it out while I was there, like, in the moment. But it was, like, an anxiety yeah. situation where I was, like, I have to figure this out because they are gonna kill me if i don't
0: well to keep the spirit of mike and kate alive on this show something something sucking dick something something exactly uh yeah and uh my, my uh father i told him a while back pretty recently that i was finally getting my uh my teeth straightened and he even made a comment about how he was uh very happy I was doing that because he was hoping this is something I would have done as a teenager when most people do it and uh you know a certain a certain someone in in the house was vehemently opposed to it so yeah thanks ma but um
2: I guess, I guess this is growing up
0: yep no 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 but that's uh <laughs> that that's what I mean when I say you gotta have a good support system I mean here I go right now pinning the blame on my mother but that's uh you know stuff that I gotta work out talk to uh you know talk to my therapist about so um so i mentioned that on on thursday i had a a pretty insane panic attack and I've, i've had quite a few and i'd say even in the last like five or six years i've had a few that i i've been able to really accurately diagnose as panic attacks and this one, this, this past Thursday, I mean, like, I think the, the, the pills that I'm taking help for reducing the frequency at which these things happen, but there's still a, uh, you know, a psychological sort of, you know, it's a, it's a behavior self-control that I need to get yeah. better about. And that is what I'm, that's sort of what I'm gathering right now. Just talking to, you know, the couple of weeks I've been talking to my therapist is, is starting these. Cognitive behavioral exercises to try to calm things down. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to assume that we've all had our share of panic attacks here. Um, so Ak, I'll start with you. How do you, how do you cope when you have a panic
1: attack? Um, I think when it comes to a full blown panic attack, I've only ever actually had one. Um... So that that's not really as much my issue. Mine's more sort of like a, a long simmering anxiety over, uh, you know, the arc of my life, rather than like events that are like real big panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said earlier, it's for me, it's more about um, making sure I have the time. To let myself calm down and come to the realization that what I'm panicking about isn't as big a deal as I think. A, a big problem of mine that obviously has gotten better over time is sort of escalation of a problem where, you know, I'll, I'll make a mistake, a very small, minor mistake that usually people wouldn't care about. And then if I'm in that bad headspace, my brain turns that into, oh, so you can't do anything right. You are literally a complete failure. Mm. You have never done a single thing right in your life. You're a burden to everyone who's ever had to put up with you. The world would see a net improvement in overall quality if you didn't exist. And it's like, somehow I've gone from Oh shit, I made this incredibly minor mistake too. Well, killing myself is the only viable solution for the betterment of humanity. Speaking of my language. And, yeah, same and here. And that makes, you know, it, when I'm in a good headspace like right now, spelling that out like that, I'm like, wow, that's insane. That makes no sense whatsoever. Who the hell would think like that? But the answer is me when I'm in a bad headspace. So I think, you know, the medication and the and the cognitive training sort of helps you pump the brakes on that and go, "Whoa, buddy, calm the fuck down. What are you talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> that is you are completely blowing this out of proportion.
0: Yeah, I right. I holy shit and I sympathize with that because I
1: <laughs> like on uh,
0: on Thursday when this when the whole shit hit the fan for me, it was all i I said it before a comedy of errors and it was little things but the key thing around it was no one else knew what was happening and no one else i said i was on a conference call there were a lot of people in that call some of which i didn't even know they didn't know they didn't care and -hmm. that's those are things that like in hindsight like when, when i look at it retroactively You know okay is why i would love to go back to that moment and tell myself it's the only person who is upset and worked up over it is is me Mm -hmm. you said you referring to me Uh, but yeah Yeah. that's it it didn't affect anyone else and and it didn't affect anyone else in the the house it didn't affect it only affected me and it was something that i could just kept my mouth shut and uh you know walked it off and you know, but I, I was in that same mindset and that, and that's the mindset I get into whenever these panic attacks come on is that I just feel like I'm failing. I can hear, uh, the, the, the voices in my head of, of people whom I no longer associate with whom I no longer associate telling me that, uh, Hey, you suck. The only thing you're good at is failing. Um, and that's obviously it's not a good mindset to be in, but it, and then bad things happen. So, um, Nate, uh, what about you? Uh, Same question, how do you cope when when you feel things are starting to fall apart?
2: It's interesting because up until when you posed the question, I, I never really realized that I've never really been awake for a panic attack. Let me explain. Most of my panic attacks happen at night, and I wake up to them, like I wake up, my heart is racing, I feel like I'm having a heart attack, I'm sweating, I'm confused, I'm not fully awake, I'm not aware of what's going on, I feel like I'm spiraling out of control. Um, a lot of the casual signs of you know things not being okay, uh, a lot of what you were saying spoke to me, the questions of like, I'm a failure, like, I'm not doing anything productive in this world. Like, it all, you know, spirals around. But when I'm able to get to a moment of understanding what's going on, when you recognize that you're having the event, again, asking yourself certain questions has helped me. I basically ask myself, how is this helping? Like, How is your mode of thought getting you to a a better place? How is it working for you? Because for me, I feel like I have anxiety as a means to protect myself about the future. Like I feel like if I worry about something, I can prevent it or I can stop it from happening or control it better. And this feeling of not having control is like the, ironically, the thing that's helped me the most is when I realize, Hey, this isn't something you can control. This is not something you're able to steer. So you're not really going to benefit from worrying about it. This mm-hmm. is something that I've used a lot for what's been going on now. Like I've been so worried about getting the virus that I haven't been able to focus on anything. But then I realized instead of being angry at people, not socially distancing and being angry at people who aren't taking precautions and putting me in danger, I've kind of stepped back and been like, I'm not in control of whether I get it or not, if I get it, I, it's just, that's it, you know? Like, and I know that's a really weird solution of just being like, I don't have control over it. So why the fuck am I worrying about it? You know, like that mindset is kind of weird thinking, but it's what's hap. It's helped me. I don't know if it's gonna help anyone because I'm so fucking weird. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, like asking myself, how is this helping? And is this something I can control? Have been what's gotten me back to normal. Mm-hmm.
0: I try to, I, I, I try to stop myself. Ever since, and I sound like I, I sound a little ridiculous. I'm gonna make myself sound a little self conscious, a little ridiculous because this is literally something that my therapist told me about. And again I'm, I keep going to my therapist. All 2 weeks I've been talking, not even 2 weeks. Like it's just been a week at this point.
2: All that well, can happen in that long. Yeah, so, all, give yourself credit all
0: 8 days I've been talking to her. Um but uh you know, just a couple days ago she told me about, you know, the, the one of the first like cognitive behavior exercises that we're doing. It's, it's like a, you know, it's a 5 4 3 2 1 uh methodology i guess and it's, it's what i try to do is like i'm outside yesterday doing yard work and i should probably be cognizant of my surroundings to some degree considering i am walking around with a lawnmower <laughs> with, with, with you know something that could be used as a weapon but i find myself starting to get lost in thought over things that um, happens in the past year that have been bothering me that finally drove me to, you know, finally reach out and seek help, professional help. And I started thinking about those things and whenever this happens, I start thinking about, you know, how could, how, how could this have gone differently? What would have happened if I blew my stack? If I, if I, you know, took a, took a situation and made it a lot worse and did something I I'd regret. Um, and you know when that starts happening a i get worked up and i get angry um and then it uh, obviously affects the people around me but then b i'm doing something like yard work then i start fucking up now the lines that i'm doing with my mower aren't, aren't straight now you, you look at my backyard and you can actually see when i was distracted lost in thought versus when i was focusing because the lines are all fucking zigzag um
2: I'm sorry I find that just somewhat amusing that you have a visual representation (laughs) of, like, yep, see that curve? That's when I had a mental breakdown.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's also a good, that's also something I I should take into consideration next time I start feeling, uh, start feeling blue, but
1: I... I... Over here we have the panic gardens, and on your (laughs) left you can see the fountain of discontent, and... (laughs)
0: um i, I start i stopped and i started looking around and i started telling myself i started asking my questions just about my surroundings like okay cool is my neighbor outside what's my neighbor doing uh wh- what shit does he have on his deck right now let's let's point all the things out that he has on his deck what can i hear besides the sound of the lawnmower right just i'm, I'm starting to like intentionally and purposely distract myself by asking what seem like stupid simple questions but it's because i need to answer them it's i need to i need to tell my i need to point these things out so and those are you know it's baby steps but that's when when the things start getting uh when things start getting hectic when they start getting cloudy that's what i do i I, i'm trying to do that now anyway it's uh, easier said than done but um Hopefully it's something you know, it's I was just telling you guys during the break, you know, I'm trying to play guitar every day now. I'm trying to sit down yeah. and and dedicate twenty or thirty minutes just playing and I've already noticed that my skill is improving just playing every day because that's something you gotta do. You gotta work on it a little bit. Now I wish I could say the same about that treadmill I have in my basement that's been gathering dust since February. But um, you know, you 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 work at it every day and you get better at it. So, you know, hopefully if I really put to you know put the work in my mind these things i'll get better at it so
2: that's interesting because you've used guitar as like a meditation which is highly recommended for people like us uh i was never good at it because i always get in my own head of like oh i suck at meditation but maybe that could work for you guys i don't know if you've experienced anything about meditation but yeah they say it's great
0: i know uh matt skiba from Alkaline Trio Blink 182 he does a lot of meditation he says that's helped him he also lives a um what the, what the, what do they call it straight edge like a straight edge lifestyle like he doesn't drink he doesn't do drugs um because he just meditates instead um see i'm i'm a very i'm fidgety and uh i'm very uh impatient and i need to just mm-hmm. constantly be moving around so like that's why for me it's music like playing guitar at least like my my arms and, and hands and fingers are, are going every which way. Playing the drums, I mean I need to be A, I can only do that during certain times of the day. B, I need yeah. to be prepared to just be a sweaty, disgusting mess afterwards. But it's a workout and that's oh man, that's hitting things. <laughs> that's what's great about that. Then I get to hit stuff, but at least I get to be uh, you know, in a rhythm and melodic when doing so.
2: Fun fact, that's why I became a drummer. Well, there you go. If you if you remember for a short Period of time in my life, I was a drummer. Oh, yeah, and that's why I started playing the drums. Then the reason why I stopped because I realized I wasn't good at it, but also because I was a drummer for the wrong reasons.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for the cowbell and woodblock. Oh, I still welcome. have them and somewhere.
2: The <laughs> that you somehow impressively destroyed in one day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I've never to this day seen a drummer just be like. Here you could you could use my symbol. Hey, they I'll do you, symbols.
0: So. I'll do you one better. I played a you, you know about ten years ago now. I played a show with my band and I managed to actually lose the symbols in the course of the night.
1: Wow! So they, they,
0: they, I didn't shred them. I didn't break them. I just straight up lost them. Um, and before I transition to my last question for you guys, uh, I have something for you. Uh, here you go. I'll have two number nines, a number nine large, a number six with extra dip, a number seven,
1: two number 45s, one with cheese, and a large soda. Yeah, I'm glad you found that. I think I was hungry the other day, and my way of telling Stephanie was by reciting that to
0: her. <laughs> <laughs> you needed two number 45s.
1: And <laughs> a lab, soda. I
0: just love that there's a fast food restaurant, that their their menu options go up to 45.
1: <laughs> if you've ever watched like the Gordon Ramsay or uh, Robert Irvine shows where he like, goes to terrible failing restaurants and turns them around, a surprisingly common problem with them is, he'll open their menus and be like, okay, you guys are supposed to be a pancake joint and you sell sushi. Like, uh, why yeah. do you have 75 items on your menu? Yeah. I actually
2: like, get, I get nervous when I go to a restaurant and they have too many items on the menu. I'm like, this yeah. is, is not yeah. going to be really
1: Now good. I know because of Robert Irvine that if you have more than like 50 things on your menu, half of them you haven't cooked in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to scrape them out from the back of the freezer in order to make it for me.
0: Now, it's, it's <laughs> this is a local reference, but uh, the British Beer Company, all over New England, and then the owner uh, closed almost... Uh, all the ones that aren't on the Cape, basically, because he, he, you know, is of a retirement age and didn't want to be maintaining uh, restaurants that are too far from home. But another problem that they had was the menu. Every time you go, the menu would always change because they had a, a trillion things on there, and then they were always gradually cutting them down, and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it was the same exact thing. It was either you could get burgers and pizza, or you could get sushi.
1: Mm-hmm. It didn't,
0: like, it, just pick pick one, like family of food that you want to stick to stop confusing us stick with your uh whatever the fuck it was that stefan got that one time that we still make fun of him for happy birthday to stefan by the way oh uh, like <laughs> the bangers and mash the thing it was very phallic when he got it oh yeah yeah yeah. of course it was like it was like sausage and meatballs it was it was the perfect thing for stefan <laughs> <laughs> um so hopefully ending on a more positive note uh when uh, you know with everything happening right now with covid with the the uh the unrests the protests the cop killings that just don't seem to end um what would you consider to be your quote unquote perfect escape
1: uh, act i'll start with you video games <laughs> um i i think i mean one thing is is we live in such a cool time right so like i called my my grandma the other day she's 91. Um, yeah, Grandma Dot. Woo! And uh you know, she was asking, like, Oh, have you talked to your cousins recently? And I told her, Yeah, I play World of Warcraft with two of my cousins. I talk to them literally every day. <laughs> and that's just neat. Like it's quarantine. We can never see each other face to face. You know, we haven't hung out in person in months. But I talk to them every single day because we all, we log on World of Warcraft and we go goof around and do dumb shit together in a video game. And that's really therapeutic, like to have that escape to a world that's normal and unchanging, and I mean, this is specifically World of Warcraft Classic, a game that a bunch of dumb assholes like me wanted, even though it's literally 17 years old at this point. And you can tell, I mean, there are certain things about it that are objectively Garbage in view of the advancements we've made in technology in the last two and two-thirds decades, yeah. and yet there's something so soothing about it. It's the same game that has not changed in 17 years, and it's just like slipping into an old pair of pajamas that just, you know, they're they're ratty, they're falling apart, but they're just so comfortable. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, but it makes perfect it's... sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, is, it is just very uh, relaxing to me.
0: Now, I will, before I, before I get the Nate, I will say I'm doing the same thing. Um, but it's it's odd because like I'll play, I've been playing Far Cry 3 uh, mm-hmm. recently. I had an urge to to play Fall, uh, Far Cry 3. So I've been playing that. I've also been, you know, I need to finish Horizon because they just announced a new one. Um, oh, yeah. but these are games that like, I'm, I'm, they're, they're challenging and I'm finding myself like getting, getting angry. Cause like I keep getting killed cause I'm just not good at anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, see, that's the stuff that boils up the blood. What's cathartic is playing a game that I keep going on about it. Fallout 76, because that game, you can just sit back and you're just exploring and occasionally shooting up things, but there's, you know, <laughs> it's not difficult. It's almost not difficult at all to to you know take down enemies in that game and that is the game that i play if i'm just like i just need to zone out and feel like i'm not putting a lot of effort into anything and it's games like fallout games like you want to know why i've bought skyrim on every fucking platform that it has come out (laughs) on because it is a game that i can just sit back and just play and i I don't need to worry about anything else except for the dragon that's gonna come fucking foos rodami off a cliff
1: yeah, yeah, and the so uh, the
0: drunk netch.
2: You get the Randy Savage mod where. So. <laughs> I
0: had that the Thomas Fo- the Tank Engine. Yeah. Or the, yeah. I had a, I had the Randy Savage uh, Deathclaw mod in Fallout Four. That was always fucking. That was awesome. <laughs> Even for Randy Savage, one of my favorite things is uh, if you kill the Deathclaw, he just goes, "I'm
1: such I'm such a disappointment. I've never been so bad at anything in my life." <laughs> for for some reason, Jack, you know how for a while, like the the hot meme on the internet was to say, "Okay, boomer." Yeah. For some reason, every time I ever heard anyone say that line, all I could think of was the um, Gaben uh, <laughs> boomer mod you had for Left for Dead, where he would just walk around, and instead of making, like, vomitous boomer noises, you'd just hear, my favorite class is the spy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was just all the audio was from him. I, I don't remember what it was, but he was like he like he gives out his email address at one point, and they just cut the Gabe N part out of it. So there was nothing better than turning playing Left 4 Dead, turning the corner, seeing Gabe Newell's a boomer lift his arms up to explode, but just utter a Gabe N before blowing <laughs> up. <laughs> that, that like that was like the mod to end all mods. There was no point to mm-hmm. ever install any other mod for anything because. Making Gabe Newell a boomer was it. Oh, well, well turning the, the, the jockeys into Beavis, too. That was also pretty good. <laughs> yes, I remember that, too. <laughs> Left for Dead had some good mods. Um, uh, Nate, your perfect escape when uh, you're trying to get away from the world.
2: Uh, it's, video games is a big one. Uh, also, working on comedy videos or planning my comedy career or doing keeping busy. Mm-hmm. Those those two have been my perfect escape. I've been doing, like, arts and crafts, though, too. Like, posting, hey, what do you want me to draw for you? I can't draw. I don't have any talents drawing. So I figured it would be funny to just post things like, hey, challenge me to draw something, and I'll draw it. Like, nice. just little, little tiny things to keep me busy.
0: Uh, I, I'm in sort of a same boat with just doing... You know for for the six people that listen to the show and have dedication to it just the effort that i put in the hardly focused and the production pieces and just just getting everything ready to go and then then posting it doing the promotion and all that stuff that's you know escape for me too because at that mm-hmm. point i'm you know focused on on this project and i know you know i know it can be good and sound good and it's just a matter of you know actually focusing the time to put it together but once i once i start working on it man i'm just i'm that's it i'm lost Nothing else matters. I just want to get that done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yo, hey, I'm glad that we talked about this. Um, Me too. Yeah. And it and, it, and uh, I actually got some. Uh, I feel like I got really good insight just because I'm, you know, I, I'm a I'm a noob to professional help, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like like I I said half jokingly earlier, the three of us especially are all fucked up. So. Uh, I I figured, you know, what, what better people to talk to about this sort of thing and, and get your own insight on it. So, um, you know, obviously from the mental health side and with the way things are going right now, I wish the two of you the best of luck with, uh, that and, uh, you know, hopefully, yeah, thanks. Hopefully things get better. Um, yeah, so,
1: I mean, I'll say just from a personal selfish perspective, I am absolutely an introvert so the quarantine has had essentially no effect on my life whatsoever. Yep, <laughs> like yep. you know, not being able to go out and be around people in person is my default state. So, um, you know, I, but, but I very much sympathize for the people who are, who are, who have been struggling a lot with the, with the changes. And mm-hmm. you know, Nate, you mentioned, you know, it's been tough. So, you
2: well, know, it's just, well, you. You, you pointed out that, it's been good for me up until recently like yeah. i i was with my girlfriend she was visiting but now she's gone home and i've relocated back to my apartment Yeah. and then that's that's when things it was a wake-up call i was like wow i've really had it good like i was yeah. one of those people that was fortunate to be like i actually kind of enjoy this this is actually mm-hmm. kind of nice and now i'm like oh, this is why everyone's sad.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's very easy to do is forgetting that we're not the only people affected by this. Um, Yeah. And that's something I've been guilty of pretty much daily at this point. It's just remembering that, like, when I'm at work and I'm on a video conference with all my coworkers and they're all at home, just remembering, like, hey, they're, they're doing the same thing and they all have to deal with this in their own way and make things easier for them and I know for some you know you wouldn't know that things are different and then there are others where you just you can tell that their their tone has changed their attitude has changed and you, you know they're struggling you know they're trying to do their best but it's you know it's, it's just tough with the way things are so
2: yeah well we shall see how I do because as an extrovert I was around somebody, and it was nice. So we'll see how long it takes for me to be like, oh, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll be doing the, uh, the setting up a soccer ball with a face painted on it thing soon enough.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I'll let you guys know how it goes. Nice. All right. Uh, we will end it with that. Uh, Ak
0: Nate, thank you for being here and, and joining me. Thank you for having us. As always, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, this was really good, uh, and I and I hope we can do this again soon. Um, yes. Yeah. So, cool. All right. Uh, we will end it with that and talk at you next time. Say goodbye, Kate.
1: <laughs> That's all we got for you. Bye. Well, that's it. Oh, friend, Duke Steve is standing by. We'll get some coffee. We'll get some matzo ball soup. This podcast is hardly focused. I love the San Antonio Spurs, by the way. If you're betting in the NBA this year, I think they're going to win it all.
0: Get hardly focused on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: So I guess there's nothing more to say but...